Welcome, welcome. So we have quite an exciting podcast today, Vicky, don't we? We do indeed. We have today as our very special guest, Craig Turpey, who is the Deputy UK Chief Commissioner for Scouts. Hello, Craig. Hi there. Good to have you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting. So Craig is with us for our awards this weekend, and it's been very exciting to be out and about post-COVID, seeing all our young people um, receive their Chief Scout Gold Award and their Queen Scout Award. And then we've had our adult awards as well. So yep. it's been a really great weekend for Scouting and Scouts NI. So it's been great to have you over, Craig. Have you enjoyed yourself with us? I've had an absolutely brilliant time. You have to say that too, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah, it's been great to be out and about and seeing people and um, seeing the excitement. Um, so just um, we'll get to know Craig a little better um, before we jump into some um, deeper questions. So... Uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and yeah, sure, how you got involved in scouting? Yeah, so I'm Craig Turpey. Uh, my current role in scouting is as Deputy UK Chief Commissioner, as, you, as you've heard, uh, with a particular focus on something called transformation. And uh, I'll maybe talk about that in a bit more detail later on. But my route into scouting is that I joined many, many years ago as a Cub Scout. And the reason that I joined is because my best friend and next door neighbour, Matthew, on a Friday evening was never available to come out and play football. (laughs) And every time I would knock on the door to find out where Matthew was, his mum would say, Matthew's away to Cubs tonight. So after a few weeks, I thought there must be something in this. So I tagged along with Matthew and went to Cubs. And from there, I've never looked back and went through Cubs, Scouts, Venture Scouts and many other things over the years. Fab. Yeah. So yeah. Um bring a friend night. Was, Essentially is, it works. Clearly yeah. works. Well I had that last night. I had a parent bring me before we had dinner. Said hello. I was like, hello. Is this Michael? I'm like, yeah. My name, I don't know what the man was called, didn't even hear his name. But someone's like come to the scouts now. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not <Fab>. there. Cool. <laughs> Go. That's great. But yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit there about um your role. Um, so what does your role as Deputy UK Chief Commissioner entail? What does, I appreciate every day, week, month will look very different, but as a general, what's your role kind of entail in scouting? Yeah, so many of you may be aware that a few years ago, uh, before the pandemic, the Scout Association had adopted something called the Skills for Life Strategy yep. back mm-hmm. in 2018. And there's many good things that have been delivered from that strategy, including, I have to say, our work in early years and the rollout of squirrels mm-hmm. across the UK, whoop, which whoop. has been inspired by the amazing work yeah. done in Northern Ireland. But there are many other aspects of that Skills for Life strategy that had to be slowed down or paused because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, now we're regrouping and trying to deliver everything that remains in that. So there's some great work that we're looking to roll out uh, over the coming uh, years in relation to the volunteer experience, trying to make volunteering more welcoming, the training and learning more enjoyable and how we manage adult volunteers uh, a bit easier. Uh, And also looking further ahead to a review of the 14 to 24 uh, age range. Uh, We've got Explorers and Network celebrating 20 years this year, which is pretty amazing. That's amazing. Indeed. And we're also going to be doing a review of what we wear uh, so we're committed to being a uniformed youth yeah. organisation, but looking at what we wear to make scouting more accessible mm-hmm. to all, basically. So yeah. my role is really to try and help ensure that that work that we're developing 
uh, has the opportunity to be implemented and done in a way that doesn't overwhelm uh, our membership at large. And is that then what you mentioned earlier when you talked about transformation, about transforming all of those aspects? Indeed. If we mm -hmm. look at uh, explorers and network, that in and of itself is a big thing uh, yeah. to review. You've got yeah. not just explorers and network, but you've got young leaders within that. Mm -hmm. You've also got the top awards. So when you start to unpick it all, there's quite a lot. In you think those. it's something quite simple as it's just two sections and he said, yeah, deeper and deeper you go, oh no, this is a, a lot task. more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we need to be careful that we don't uh, try and do too much too quickly um, mm -hmm. because we need we need people to adjust to change, uh, particularly on the volunteer experience because people have been waiting a long time uh, to have the tools yeah. in place to make their lives a bit easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And is that then kind of the bulk of your work is looking at, at those main areas and involving... I assume like youth commissioners and various different people within that. Yeah, that's a big chunk of the the work that I do. But uh, together with uh, other colleagues and what we call the UK leadership team or UKLT, we've all got various responsibilities to not only look at what we're doing to transform, but also mm -hmm. to deal with the the day to day business as usual support. Because yeah. whilst we're looking at all the new stuff, there's an important need to keep an eye on the day-to-day -day, uh, as well and supporting those working in sections with the program that we have today yeah um and so previous to this role um you were chair of the world, the world scout, scout committee. committee that's uh so that's a big role do you want to kind of talk to us just a little bit about um how that came about and kind of what your role within that was yeah maybe to set the scene um the Scout Association is one of 172 what are called national scout organizations. And together they make up something called the World Organization of the Scout Movement. And the best way to think of that is that there are 57 million scouts in all those countries who have the Purple World Membership Badge wow. in their uniform. And that world organization has a structure in place to govern it, mm -hmm. to help the development and growth of the movement at large. And so many, many years ago, after doing some international work in the UK, I was asked to get involved with scouting in Europe, and I ended up getting elected to something called the European Scout Committee, <laughs> where I had the opportunity to help growing scouting across Europe, which was great fun. Uh, and then having done that for nine years, uh, I was asked to stand for election to the World Scout Committee and got elected to that and then spent seven years on that wow. and four of them uh, as chair which included one extra year because of the the pandemic okay. so okay. yeah wow. and so that has then obviously given you a lot of kind of global knowledge and um skill then about scouting that you bring to your role here then now has that that's the plan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the thinking uh, yeah i mean i've been incredibly privileged to uh, travel the world and to meet with scouts and leaders in all different continents and and to see the magic of scouting at work um, mm -hmm. and uh, what happens here in Northern Ireland there are similar experiences happening everywhere and I think that's the true magic of the scout method and young people shaping their experiences adult volunteers supporting that it's the same throughout the world and there are some great innovative projects 
and programs going on uh, that have inspired me and my thinking. And I'm hoping that some of that knowledge that I've absorbed over the years, mm -hmm. many years, uh, we're able to put to use uh, in the UK for the benefit of all the young people that we have in membership today mm -hmm. and all those young people that we want to join scouting because it's so yeah. good. Yeah. I just realized we didn't do something to start off with. We didn't do our Woody Rather questions. Oh, yes. So we always start our podcast on Woody Rather questions. So I've remembered about them. So I've got some here. Get so, to know people. Uh, exactly. So let's see. We always have a bit of discussion about these because sometimes they're like, you know, is that one actually, you know, good? Sometimes you're like, that's just weird. Why do you want to ask that? But these are actually quite good ones, these ones. So would you rather have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? Be for books, obvious. I'm going to answer as well, though. I think that 150 would be interesting. Yeah. 100. 10 minutes, I'm kind of like, I can do that. I, I can wait 10 minutes. I can see what's going to happen. 150, like, you know, I'm going to be long gone by then. <laughs> I would agree. 150 for me. Oh, yeah. be class. I think I'd go 10 minutes. Oh, bore. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I would do 10 minutes purely because if something, like if you've, especially like if you've done something and you really want to see the outcome of it, or if you're sitting and you think, say you're going for, if, say you've been nominated for a role in scouting and you're going for your interview and you just are so nervous about it and you would just want to see, actually, in 10 minutes time, I'm in there and I'm actually okay with it, you know, and I think that might just, if you could see 10 minutes in the future at any given point, well, it would maybe help you settle. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand that, yeah. Okay, I've got another one here. So this one, I find this one, this happened to me a few weeks ago at a wedding I was at, got told, I was like, what's the, what do they do? I got told, wear whatever you want, smart or casual. And if I was like, that's not very helpful. So this one is, would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? And that's why I was like, you know, like, and I said to her, I was like, you know, what do they do? I was like, just wear what you want. I was like, I don't want to come like a pair of shorts and everyone's wearing a suit or vice versa. So I came in a suit and people were wearing a suit, but thank goodness, but... Yeah, chronically underdressed or overdressed? I'm normally chronically underdressed. Uh, <laughs> but if it was a wedding, it would make it an special effort, I think. I think I'd go overdressed. So you can take things off you need to. Underdressed, you kind of can't. I think chronically overdressed because it's probably always better to be overdressed in an underdressing situation than underdressed in an overdressing situation. Yeah. So you could just be like, oh, I've just came from a wedding. <laughs> but what are you doing now? I'm going to marry someone to come from a wedding. It's fine. Okay. So last one. So um, let's see. Okay. Would you rather be an extra in an Oscar winning movie or the lead in a box office bomb? Extra. I think extra to be fair. Well. I'd go lead in the bomb. I just think that people will know you more. But, and you might get nominated for that award that nobody wants to... The raspberry. Yeah, you might get one of those and you're still winning an award. Might not be a good award, but you're still winning it. I think they'd be, both be interesting, but I think I think I made more money from being an extra. <laughs> For me, it's the taking part that counts. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd be, the, be the lead. <laughs> In the bombing one from box office. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. No reason, but... That's fair, yeah. Funny. Sorry, sorry. I just um, forgot. I was like, I have to get some so good in. Back to scouting. <laughs> yeah, um, scouting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you were chatting there um, a little bit about the when you were the chair. Is that what we were talking about? Yeah. Kind of totally lost my train. Yeah, no, don't worry, chair. Um, don't worry. Yeah. 
so what um you probably don't have one specific but is there one specific highlight of your time with the world organization of uh, visiting a particular country or any particular trip you took as part of that that really stands out big question that is a big question (laughs) but uh, there's a way of connecting it to an experience i had as a young person with what i later did uh, as chair and uh, i was very fortunate as a 16 year old venture scout as was then to be selected to go to world scout jamboree this was in 1991 so you can maybe work out my age uh, (laughs) from that and that jamboree was in korea oh wow and of course right now we've got lots of people being selected Mm -hmm. to uh, go to korea but in yeah 1991 went to korea to the jamboree and at that time wasn't particularly worldly wise didn't know much about the world and other countries and different cultures and all the rest and that jamboree like the one next year uh, blew my mind and opened my eyes to just how global scouting is and that's one of the reasons why i got interested in yeah. the international side of things and fast forward to 2019 mm-hmm. in the role as chair of the world scout committee i had the privilege to go up on stage at the opening ceremony of that World Scout Jamboree wow, in class. front of 50,000 young people. Only a few. Only a couple. And <laughs> open the Jamboree. And I just thought, reflecting on that, it's not a journey that I could ever have imagined. And it's yes. always made me reflect that you have to seize the opportunities that come your way and yeah. make the most of them. Just full circle. Full circle, yeah. Because yeah. that's one thing I, because I've won Scout Gone on the World Scout Jamboree, and I've said, like, you know, as leaders, I'm like, I'm gutted. I never ever got to go as a young person. I think I never knew it happened as a young person, but I'm like, I'm gutted I never got to go because something like that is so, it's a once in a lifetime. It is, but mm-hmm. I, I think the important thing is clearly not everyone has that opportunity, yeah. but there are so many opportunities in scouting 100%, yeah. to do international activities. Yeah. Often, close to home yeah uh, but indeed uh, around the world as well so for those that are maybe not going to korea yeah do seek out other opportunities because yeah, yeah the uh, the impact that meeting with other scouts from other countries can be truly life-changing as it has been for me because after we told we had eight apply and only one got on we were like this another seven of them maybe six i don't remember exactly and we're like you know Yes, you didn't get it, but there's so we said them, but there is so many more chances. Like, you know, us as leaders, we are in some of them being in France and like in our country on the Kanderstag. I think, you know, it again is it's a probably could be a once in a lifetime thing, like, you know, and they were and they were like, Oh, that's sounds really cool. We love to do that. And you're like, it's an international camp, you get to meet people from around the world. What's better than that? And it is, you know, the International Sky Centre in the middle of the Alps. That's a great thing about scouting. There's something for everyone and there's so many things for totally. every single person that's a part of it. And regardless of their skill, regardless of their talent, regardless of their ability, there's just something that everyone can step out and do. Um, so in terms of scouting then, um, you'd said there at the start when we began talking that you joined as a cub um, and went along with your friend. Um, so you've been involved for most of your life. Um, in terms of your life that's not scouting wise, is like how does what's that? How, <laughs> how does your role that you hold at the moment, um, and you know maybe previously with other roles, how has that fitted into either your life outside scouts or pot- pot- potentially even your scouting life? You know that's not 
in one of those higher roles? How does that all fit together? Great question. Um, so I, I have a, a day job, so I've got to fit scouting uh, around work. And uh, that, as for many of our volunteers, is a is a continual challenge. Um, in terms of local scouting, I'm not currently involved with a local scout group directly, but uh, the village that I live in, uh, there is a scout group, but that scout group was started by my wife, who <laughs> some, I think, Fab. how many years ago, um, maybe 17 or 16 years ago, we moved into the village. There were lots of young families in the village and uh, there was no scout group. In fact, there was no provision for young people at all. And someone had done a leaflet drop to say they were starting, uh, they were going to call a meeting to start a, uh, youth provision for another organisation that I'll not name. <laughs> and uh, when this leaflet dropped through the letterbox, my wife, uh, who was big into guiding and scouting, she said, that organisation is not setting up in this village. <laughs> we are starting a scout group. And she went to the computer, typed up flyers, printed them off and that evening, went and distributed them uh, around the village, calling for uh, a meeting to take place to start a scout group. And amazingly, there were a number of volunteers who stepped forward and she started at that time uh, a joint at uh, Rainbows and um, Beavers and then Cubs and Brownies and then on to Scouts and Explorers. And that group in the village, which you know, celebrated its centenary a few years back, has had hundreds of kids go through it now, awesome. including our three kids. Mm-hmm. And wow. so in our house, there's a lot of chatter around that local group. So although I'm not directly involved, I do feel in amongst it and uh, wow. hear all the good things that come from what's going on in mm-hmm. the programme locally. Fantastic. Oh, that's fab. Um, so we'll just um, finish with um, some highlights then from your time in scouting. So um, I appreciate you've had a lot of roles. You've been involved for a long time, so there may not be one, but is there maybe a couple of particular things that stand out, a couple of stories that define your time within Scouts? Well, there really are so many. Um, <laughs> one that sticks in my head is actually related to my family uh, and thinking about when one of our children uh, joined Beaver Scouts, this is before squirrels, mm-hmm. in Scotland, that is. Okay. And they had been taken to an international camp because my wife was attending that with others from the group. And at the closing ceremony of the camp, which was taking place in Edinburgh, uh, one of her sons uh, had the opportunity to uh, be uh, invested into scouting, uh, make his promise and receive a certificate from the camp chief. And so in this enormous circle of people around the flagpoles, he was invited up to uh, receive a certificate from the camp chief. Uh, who And the camp chief had a, a megaphone uh, broadcasting across the group uh, in the field. And as he approached to receive the certificate, the camp chief uh, went to shake with the right hand. And I could hear my son uh, say, <laughs> do you know that in scouting we shake with our left hand? <laughs> <laughs> that, that kid's been brought up well. Oh, well. <laughs> that sticks in my memory. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah perfect. Um have you any memories or stories from when you were a child in Scouts? Oh, Is there anything that, any programme or yeah. awards or anything that stands out? Yeah, yeah. I remember my, I remember very vividly my first Cub Scout camp, which took place 
at a place called Loch Ernhead in Scotland, where there's a an old railway station that's been turned mm. into a scout centre. I think it's uh, still owned and run by Hertfordshire Scouts. And uh, on the first evening we were playing, a second evening we were playing a wide game. First time we've uh, ever played a wide game. I love wide game. And uh, we all had to run around in the forest and uh, find somewhere to hide and then be discovered. So I, I found a, a rowing boat and decided that it'd be a good idea to hide under <laughs> a rowing boat. Um, so climbed under the rowing boat and then kind of quickly realised I couldn't get this rowing boat off me. <laughs> so I lay there for a while undetected and uh, eventually uh, someone heard my knocks on this upturned boat and turned it over to find me. Uh, by that time, uh, the whole pack had had their dinner and were sitting around the campfire. How long um, were you under the canoe well, for? C- clearly far too long. Um, How they didn't realise somebody was missing. They're all eating dinner Indeed. and you're just sitting under the canoe. It would be very difficult to get away with that today, oh, but that was my introduction to <laughs> wide games and indeed uh, risk assessments. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important for leaders to hear stories from... The real life. Yeah. From when you're young, because actually... Like I've spoke to people before in the past who have said things like, um, oh, sure, they're only six or seven. Like, what really of this are they going to remember? But actually, the program that you do with your cubs, you know, your beavers, your squirrels, like the youngest ones, it does make an impact and they do remember it. And it's something that does set them up and give them skills for life, regardless of how old they are. So it's really important, I think, for um, leaders to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Stories are remembered. There's another story from, you know, enjoying the program and uh, being out in the hills. And I remember being on a challenge hike at the Scout Centre at Loch Goylehead. And uh, we had to navigate uh, timing ourselves between uh, different stations, as it were, in the mountains. And our team were really nailing it that weekend. Uh, We were checking in at the times that we'd estimated and all the rest. And that sense of satisfaction of walking on a compass bearing through the mist with your team mm-hmm. uh, as a scout and getting your, your team, your patrol uh, around the course and back safely, just that sense of satisfaction knowing yeah. that you could do that mm-hmm. and do it safely uh, was really, really rewarding. Class. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that brings us back full circle as to why you're with us as well, you know, for... Um, the young people and, and the adults as well who received awards when we heard last night of some of the stories of young people yeah. um, you know, navigating groups around and um, that's and what they did to achieve their awards. So yeah, really great um, to hear from from someone like you, Craig, who holds such a a high role within scouting. Um, but you've been through exactly the same as all our young people and all our young people have the potential and the opportunity to go on to be a chief commissioner, deputy chief commissioner, and to make a huge difference for the young people. I think that that's what them. people need to hear that, you know, it's not, you know, not to be, I don't want to say someone special, but people think, you know, they're, oh, they're, oh, they do that. Oh, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're like, well, no, they've been through it all. They've done what you're doing. Why can't you? Well, the, yeah, I think the, the special people in scouting are our young people, which is yeah. a bit yeah. cheesy, but I'm a great believer that we are a movement of young people, totally. not just for young people. Mm-hmm. And, all of us involved in scouting as adults. Yeah, we have different roles and different titles, um, but we're all there to simply do that particular role to help young people 
develop and, and grow, to develop those skills for life, uh, to to learn those values as well and carry them uh, with them. And I often say to people when asked this, I think I'm just a product of the program. I've been blessed in having amazing leaders when I was a mm -hmm. young person in scouting who created opportunities, who created the space to allow sometimes for me and others to make mistakes and learn from those in a safe environment. And from all of that, just fully appreciate that being part of a movement like scouting uh, is really quite something. And to this day, I can't think of any other organization or movement that has such a, a, a clear focus on what it's trying to do, which is to create a better world and doing that through an amazing program uh, that that young people really like, which mm -hmm. is why we're developing and growing. And here in Northern Ireland, just seeing scouting growing from strength to strength, uh, this uh, this weekend has been a real delight. Yeah. Um, and just to close then, if you had one piece of advice for scouts, the scouts in Northern Ireland, um, both young people and leaders, what would that piece of advice be? I think for the whole of Scouts in Northern Ireland, it's to keep innovating. Mm -hmm. Because when I look at what you have done and are doing here, there's lots of great innovation. And we often talk about the journey that Squirrel Scouts has been on, yeah. and indeed Beavers before that. And just look at the impact that that innovation mm -hmm. has had totally. for young people across the whole of the UK. And I know that there'll be interest around the world now with... Yeah what's been done with early years and with yeah. squirrels. Um, so keep innovating would be the message to all of you out there in Scouts Northern Ireland. I think for young people uh, in the movement is to seize the opportunities that are presented before you. And as we were chatting about earlier, there are many opportunities and it can be difficult sometimes to work out which path to take, but uh, take the path less travelled. Mm. And because you'll find that journey a really rewarding one. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, yes. It's been an um, absolute thank you for, pleasure. for chatting to us. It's been great. Perfect. Well, sure, we'll see you next month.